0: This is Why Small Business Matters from Northumbria University, supporting small businesses with the Help to Grow Management Programme.
1: Welcome back to Why Small Business Matters, brought to you by the Help to Grow Management team at Northumbria University. In this podcast, we speak to inspirational leaders and entrepreneurs and small business owners. My name is Dr. Kate Harland, and in this episode, we cover what it takes to be an entrepreneur, staying at the top of your game, and what it means to be a small business owner. Today we are joined by Sam Spurs, founder and talent and resource director of Talent Heads, a business specialising in in in-house recruitment for their national and international clients. Based in the northeast, Sam started the company in 2020 in the face of a global pandemic and plans to triple their growth by 2025. Talent Heads is described as the non-stereotypical recruiters, offering a more strategic and personal approach to talent acquisition, empowering businesses to recruit well. With a passion for supporting businesses and a proud entrepreneur, Sam was also a previous winner of Small Business of the Year in the English Women's Awards in 2019, and Great British Entrepreneur Finalist in 2021. Welcome, Sam. Great to have you. Thank you for having me. Sam, you have a wealth of experience and passion that's allowed you to carve out your own space and recruitment, sparking that entrepreneurial spirit, creating your own business. Tell us about the Road to Talent Heads.
2: Yes, so the Road to Talent Heads takes me back... 18, 19 years now. So I graduated from university. I did a year in social services um, and decided that um, social services probably wasn't for me, but people aspect was super, super for me. It was something that was really important to me. Um, So I decided to start looking for another job, Um, walked into a recruitment agency and the recruitment agency said, you know what, you'll be perfect to work here. Um, And the rest is almost history. Um, So I went in there, started working in recruitment and kind of worked in the recruitment industry or recruitment agency industry for 11 years um and one of my regular clients who was with me throughout that full journey when my children were young kept coming back to me and saying come in house come and work in house as, as, a, as a recruiter come and see the other side and I kept putting her off and putting her off and saying no no just wait until the children are a little bit older and then we'll, we'll consider it again and actually when my youngest child was a little bit older a bit the bullet so I went in house And subsequently became the head of recruitment um, for this really large business um, where I had 73 holiday parks and a head office in London and a head office in Newcastle. And the changes that I saw in that business over the period of time that I was there was unbelievable. Um, and I grew my recruitment team to a team of 12, and we were responsible for absolutely everything. So everything from future talent programs like apprenticeships and graduates, all the way through to board-level appointments. And all across the UK, we were we were recruiting. Um, and I always knew that I had a bit of an entrepreneur side to me. I always, anything that I've owned previously I've always wholeheartedly owned and wanted it to be mine so even though I was the head of recruitment for a business um I really felt as if that recruitment team and that responsibility and accountability for delivering what we said we were going to do was absolutely mine um and I was on the road a lot. I was up and down that a one more than I can tell you. Lots of weekend working, photo shoots for different recruitment campaigns, lots of things I was involved in and If I have to be honest, you know like many professionals in the corporate world, I got slightly burnt out um loved the business, I gave it my heart and my soul. I just didn't know what else I could give it, and I kind of found myself been away from my family and I felt myself kind of getting to the point where I thought, you know what, there's nothing I can, there's nothing more I can give to this business. Um, I've loved it too much. I'm going to do something for me, something that I can control, something that should give me some flexibility. And um, My children are a little bit older. They're, li- they're little girls and I wanted to be a really good role model. I thought I'm going to set up a business. Um, and I subsequently did. Um, that's not been an easy ride, Kate, at all. Um, so I set up the business. Um, and and I it, I had some investors in the first instance. And then when COVID hit, the investors pulled out the funding. And my first business, unfortunately, had to be wound down because the funds weren't there. So that was a really difficult six months where I knew there was a market for a recruitment company that wasn't a recruitment agency. I really wanted to do something different. I had the background of knowing what it takes to be an internal recruiter and the difference that you can make to a business and help a business grow Um, and I, um, and I thought, you know, after six months, I'm going to set it up myself. I'm going to do it. And I bit the bullet. I got a startup loan. I set up talent heads and we're now nearly three years into our journey. So just a couple of follow-up questions on that,
1: Sam. How has that corporate life that you experienced before you set up your own business shaped who you are as an entrepreneur now? Oh, it's hugely
2: shaped who I am as an entrepreneur I think watching the business that I went to work internally with watching the entrepreneur who owned that business and seeing what he did and the commitment and the grit and the determination it definitely sparked a bit of a I could really empathize with his his focus and his prioritization and so I think going in and seeing an entrepreneur work and seeing someone grow a business to such a fantastic state to what we we'd done, I think give me the confidence to know, actually, I think I've got some of those skills. I think I'm quite resilient and I'm tenacious and I'm curious and I can do that. And I'm prepared to work just as hard as that guy did. And I can see how my skills had benefited him. And I think kind of having the corporate world experience and understanding really, you know, what does someone outside of a corporate world need from a service that I can provide? It gave me that really good opportunity to say, actually, do you know what? I've been on the other side. I can absolutely see where the gap is here. And I can see what the business that I create, the impact that that could have on a business such as the business I was leaving. So I think it did me, it gave me confidence and it gave me a really good basis to create the business on the back of that. So my follow-up question to that, Sam, obviously you had a change
1: from your first business to your second business where, you know, your name is above the door. What challenges and, and what experiences did you feed into Talent Heads? Gosh,
2: yeah, my goodness. I've got to tell you, it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever been through. Um, I think when your name's above the door, even though the investors financially had the say almost the business model was mine I created the branding the team followed me so they joined that business seeing what my vision was and what I was trying to achieve and kind of having to say that because I had no control when when the tough the times got tough I you know making people redundant and them going in back at the time because of covid obviously I had to send my people back into their homes not knowing when another opportunity was going to come up for them and I felt responsible for that And we were all going to go back and homeschool our children and people didn't have any money to put food on their tables. And I felt absolutely awful. I mean, I was waking up at two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning and sitting on the stairs and just worrying about, you know, how how can I take responsibility and what can I do differently to, you know, impact these people's lives instantly to get them back on track. So then I could look after myself secondary. Um, So I learned I learned a lot. I learned that actually just because I wanted to be an entrepreneur probably jumping into a situation with a group of investors was probably not the smartest thing to do. But at the time, it was a very measured risk from going from a corporate career where I had a salary, where I had benefits, where I had terms and all that sort of stuff, to then going to an entrepreneurial model where everything was created by myself, but someone still paid a salary to me in that business because the investors paid me a salary to get that business up and running. And so I think learning-wise, I probably... I, I'm a massive believer in no regrets. I, I hugely, hugely believe it. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to say anything. I, I'm glad I had that experience because I know now that I want to hold on to my business wholeheartedly and I want it to be mine. And and what really, what really helped me from that experience was I didn't start recruiting and bringing team members into Talent Heads until I had some financial resilience in the business. So I knew if we had another COVID, if we had another recession. Oh, I hate that word recession, but if, if we had something else, I could still pay my people and make sure that they had a transition that would look after them and then could smoothly move them on to their next thing should I have needed to do that. So I suppose it made me probably quite aware of the if it goes wrong, what I need to do as an entrepreneur to have the, the bank behind me to make sure that I then manage it properly, because I don't think The first time with the investors it was managed properly so you've got to learn from that yeah absolutely and i think you do have to take those learnings even
1: you know some of the bad and balance that with the good because i think sometimes there is a challenge of being an entrepreneur and being in charge and the one responsible and you have to kind of recognize those downsides and one thing you have mentioned sam was that burnout um, which is so common and that want and that drive to have it all while doing it all. What made you want to change and how did you deal with that?
2: Yeah, I think from a, a burnout perspective, and, and you know, I think it's very, it's you can be a lot more responsible when you're setting your own perimeters around what you will and what you can't do and how you look after your people based on the experiences that you've had. So for me, it was very much a, all of the things that I've learned to date, my business is not going to give anyone a sleepless night. I can't, I've done too many sleepless nights. I've done too many worrying about things I can't control, procrastinating, you know, thinking about things like from, and and no one else caring about it. I just cared about it. So I always kind of, I've kind of, Looked at all of those things and said, right, what made me burnt out? I was working too many hours. I was trying to be everything to everyone. I was trying to lead the way, but lead the way for things I couldn't control. So what will I do in my business to make sure that I can make sure that I myself and the people who work with me don't have that that kind of um that kind of responsibility on their shoulders or that thought that they need to be that. So I'm a real big believer in being your authentic self. You know, I read the books on it. I'm a real big believer in reading books. I'm, I'm really into learning. I'm really, Talent heads is very much into learning around what do we need to know so that we can grow this business in the way that we want to. And that whole kind of being an authentic leader, being vulnerable, being aware, watching each other, making sure you can see the signs. Uh, we've got a mental health, well, a mental well a mental health wellbeing champion in our in our business, and even though we're small, I think that's massively important. Um, I pay all my team members a wellbeing allowance every month, so that they can do something that keeps them happy and present and in the moment, and a and a good. I mean, what, for example, one of the ladies that I give the wellbeing allowance to in my team, she uses it to take her children to a cinema the cinema every, every month. So she doesn't use it on fresh fruit. She doesn't use it on our shopping. She doesn't use it on a gym membership. But what makes her feel good is that she gets to take her children to the cinema and that puts a smile on her face. So I suppose it's all of those little things around yeah where was it what was the bad time what was the dark cloud how did it feel and try to take responsibility as an entrepreneur to make sure that other people don't feel like that again and I don't feel like that again um Which is quite difficult to do when you are building a business and there's only so many of you within a business. It is all hands on deck, it is long hours, it is a little bit of occasional weekend work when you've got a big contract in. You've got to grow, there is growing pains for being an entrepreneur, but I think ultimately if you look after people, you show a bit of vulnerability. If you are your true self, I do think that does help you kind of, I don't know, help. Conquer any potential things that you don't see coming in a corporate world, which for me just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I think it's
1: great that you've recognised that Sam, and you're feeding that into your business now. And one question I have got for you is that urge to be entrepreneurial. What sparked it, and how did you
2: approach the new life of going alone? <laughs> um. What sparked it in me? I think. I, do you know? I do. I I do think I've always. I am someone who wants to come up with ideas. I'm someone who wants to totally take full ownership. I'm not very good at having a boss. Isn't that an awful thing to say? I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm fine for some, I'm I'm really good about surrounding myself with experts. I think to build a business, you've got to surround yourself with people who have got the skills that you haven't, or you'll never grow. And you've got to have a growth mindset. You've got to be able to look out there and be honest with yourself and say, I can't do that. I can only take it this far or whatever, whatever you need. Um, but I've never really been good at having a boss above me who doesn't teach me something. Um, so I think I've always been being kind of slightly frustrated when I've been in a corporate world where I'm kind of like, one, one minute, I'm driving this. I'm pushing this forward. I'm pushing it forward. Uh, but I'm not that, that person. I don't own the keys to this place but I, I want to own the case to something. Um, so I think I've probably always had it in me when I've always kind of questioned the leadership and kind of been like, right, well, I, I want to be a good leader. I want my people to follow me. I want to be able to to put something that I can take ownership for and accountability for. And I suppose as well, one of the big things for me is about legacy. So kind of that whole purpose I mentioned earlier, that being a role model to my children is like hugely important to me. And I kind of thought being an entrepreneur and setting something up that I can leave... To my children or that I can give my children a better life. And if I've got this work ethic in me where I want to make a difference and if I surround myself with a team that also want to make a difference, I can leave something in the longer term that actually I controlled, I I led, I, I developed Um, When I see the Talent Heads logo, I'm super proud of that. It's a lot of hard work, and it all started from the kitchen table, and and I did it by myself for a full year before I took anyone else on. So, You know, we were winning contracts and I was like, yay to me because it's just me. And I was just super conscious that learning from that experience about being able to pay people salaries if things were to go out of my control for whatever reason. You know, I I kind of I was like, I'm going to build a business that's got strong foundations that is. That is responsible, that is ethical, that has got a long term purpose, has got values, that's got a mission, all of those those things I was really, really keen to do by learning from the experiences that I'd gained positively and negatively. So I think, and when I say, I suppose as well, when I got to a stage in my life and my children were a little bit older, I could kind of then go, actually, I don't want to be a slave to the salary anymore. You know, that nice salary was lovely, it was great, it helped me you know, bring my children up to a certain age. But I think when the kids get a bit older, they look to you and go, where's it? I want to inspire. I want to motivate. I don't want to just go in and do a nine to five job. That's just not me. I get bored really easy. I, th- I think probably the traits of an entrepreneur, I definitely do have. I, I need pace. I need qu- I need to be responsible. I need I need things to move quickly. And a nine to five job just probably wouldn't scratch that itch for me. So yeah, I think it was a mixture of, Timing, a mixture of where I was in my corporate career, the experience that I got, I mean, goodness me, the experience that I'd got from that working in-house in the years that I did, we did financial mergers, acquisitions, we did buyouts, we did sales, we did scaling up, you know, we did so much and I was responsible for the brand when we went out to acquire the talent that we needed to build that business. I think all of those skill sets really give me the confidence to be able to say, this is something completely different to what anyone else offers. So a you have loads of different things, Kate, but I, I definitely believe that I'm supposed to do this. I, I do believe that.
1: And I guess there's a lot of weight of responsibility as being the business owner, because, you know, being a, an entrepreneur and a, a, an owner of a business, it isn't your typical nine to five that you would have experienced in your corporate life. So having that weight of responsibility, how do you manage that on a day-to-day
2: basis? Yeah, it's really hard because even when you're a leader internally in a corporate business, everyone looks to you like, what's the decision? Where are we going? Escalating of an issue, a challenge or something like that. You, internally, when you're a leader, you get those challenges as well. But it's so much more personal when it's your business. So when you get a challenge through the door, it's your reputation. It's what you've said you were going to deliver that might not have hit the mark, or you know the, the challenges, the how personal it is, is is very different to when you're in a business and you can say, well, you know, well we did try this, but whatever. It, when you've got your own business, it's like actually your reputation stands for everything. Um, you know how quick how quick your months build stands for everything. Um, and I think when some people say, you know, set up your own business because you can, you can have a bit more flexibility, you can have a bit more balance, you know, you can pay yourself a salary that you dictate. It's not like that at all. It's not. It's hard work. It's a lot of sweat, a lot of tears, you know, a lot of sitting up at night with loads of ideas. That's One of the things that I find the most difficult about having a business is I come up with so many ideas that I can't get the ideas done as quickly as I would like to. And my head is so full So I've really, I've got to concentrate when I go home and I'm sitting in front of the children and the kids are talking to me about what's happened in the day. I've got to switch off this entrepreneur's brain that's going, oh, what about that? Oh, now I've had a bit bit more time to think about that situation. Maybe we can do that. Your brain is just so consumed with something that is so personal to you because you really, really want to make a difference with your business that it's really hard sometimes to detach yourself from your personal life in your professional life whereas when you when you work in a corporate business you kind of can shut that door you get in your car you drive home and you commute home you get in the house and you've done your job it's not that simple i know it's not that simple hence the reason why you know i got to the end of my corporate career cuz i gave them absolutely everything but it's a different level of detail in the in the emotion that's associated when you've got your own business you can't stop thinking about it it is it's you it's it's part of me
1: definitely and you have a lot of responsibility you know you're responsible for a team and their well-being and I suppose part of that is trying to look after
2: yourself and making sure you're looking after your own well-being how do you manage that that's that's a great question because I've got it again I'm all about honesty and I'm all about transparency I think it's taken me about two years to get to that point I think in the first instance when it is just you it is really difficult to hand on heart see so you look after yourself i i did it i could i couldn't i was between the family and the business and i knew that i want what i wanted to do with the business that took all of my time i actually didn't have enough hours in the day um however what i have found is that as the team has got bigger I've now got a team of 10. So just to kind of put this into perspective, I've got a team of 10. Two of my ladies are now senior, so they're lead. So now they can take the day-to-day management and delivery of the accounts with a brilliant team that I've got that's alongside them and under them. Um, and now what I can do is I can step away from the business. So like I said, we're a really, I'm really big on the learning side. So um, I've put myself through the Entrepreneurs Forum Scale Up growth academy so that's something new that takes me out of the business where I sit with other leaders around the table and we talk about people and systems and processes and how to scale and tried and tested methods and things to be things to kind of be considerate of and things to to read and and different kind of high performing teams and growth mindsets and all of that stuff so that that for me is an investment because I feel like I've never grown and scaled a business before so it's really important that I take myself out to be able to give myself the space so I can learn so that I can then inspire and drive the business on um and one of the things i've started to do as well um over kind of the last few months as well is, is start to go to the gym and listen to books so i can read again so i do a lot of audio books i just go on the gym i go to the gym i go on the treadmill and i'll walk 5k i don't even run i don't even pretend that i'm an athlete i'm not an athlete but what i'll do is i get up early in the morning go to the gym put my book in and i'll storm and i'll walk and then i find that when i leave there my head is fresh rather than, again, like I said earlier, my ideas are constantly going. So I need to stop my brain by just kind of reining it in a little bit. And and I have to look after my diet and stuff because I just feel like when you're running at 100 miles an hour, you'll pick up wherever you possibly can. You meet someone in a coffee shop to have a conversation with them. You'll pick up a muffin. You, you'll do all of that sort of stuff. And you start to get to the point where you kind of, your brain's going 100 miles an hour and your body's going, stop, please stop. Um, so I think... It's taken a bit of time because now I have got a team in, but before that, it was really difficult. When you're setting a business up and you're in startup mode, it is difficult. If you're wired the same as I am, to be able to go right, you need to look after yourself. Because actually, my priorities about me were very much down the pecking order. I've got my family, I've got my team, I've got my business, I've got my house, and then I've got me. But I've changed that recently because I need to go. I need to scale this business, and that needs for me to be to be secure in myself and know what I'm doing and 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 leading the way properly. And as a business owner, there's a kind of an expectation
1: that you have to be the best version of you. And I know you've mentioned that you read a lot around um self improvement and you're constantly learning.
2: How do you keep at the top of your game? Yeah, I I think Again, it's around surrounding myself with people who can challenge me. So having a coach, having a mentor, you know, making sure that you don't become blinkered and you just lead the business. Because like I said earlier, I've not scaled a business before, so I don't really know what, what is coming. I've not been there and done it and got the T-shirt. So surrounding myself with people who can give advice and guidance and challenge me and hold me to account in some ways and and recommend. And, you know, that sort of thing makes my mind more open so that I can take on more information so that I can push the business in the direction that I need to and I think you know reading the business books you know you can get quite overwhelmed with how much information you feel like you might need to take in as an entrepreneur but I I, I think a lot of them say the same things and a lot of them resonate with the kind of character you are as an entrepreneur that then just reinforce it as you're reading the books so I suppose it's Yeah, it's about keeping my eyes open, hearing what's going on, where are the trends, where are the good entrepreneurs, where are the business people that I can get involved and, you know, contribute as well as take information from them as well. You know, it's, it's about having your eyes really wide open so you know where the opportunities are to be able to to push yourself and learn and to know things that because when you set up a business you want to be two steps ahead three steps even five steps ahead of any any customer that you're going to provide your services or your product to so you need to be in touch with it all you need to be able to feel it you need to be able to hear it if your your two ears can't hear everything you need other people hearing it for you and feeding it back so it's just about that whole kind of being present and and yeah and being being available to take it all in i suppose
0: You're listening to Why Small Business Matters. Find out how Northumbria University can help your business thrive through the Help to Grow Management Programme delivered by leading small business and enterprise experts from Northumbria University with the support of leading figures from industry and experienced entrepreneurs. The programme supports senior managers of small and medium-sized businesses to boost their businesses' performance, resilience and long-term growth. The 12-week programme is 90% funded by the government and the fee payable by participants is £750 and has been designed to allow participants to complete it alongside full-time work. The in-depth, high-quality curriculum supports you to build your capabilities in leadership, innovation, digital adoption, employee engagement, marketing, responsible business and financial management. By the end of the programme, you'll develop a business growth plan to help you lead your business to realise its potential. To find out more about the programme, the modules, eligibility and fees and delivery dates, go to northumbria.ac.uk slash help to grow
1: listening to Why Small Business Matters with me, Kate Harland. Today I'm joined by Sam Spurs, founder and talent and acquisition director of Talent Heads. And it seems a lot of successful businesses start at the kitchen table with an idea and motivation to make it work. What was the turning point for you where you decided to grow the business and open the first Talent Heads office?
2: So when I set it up, because I set Talent Heads up in COVID, I set it up and I thought, I'm going to do it because I believe in it and I'm passionate about it and I don't think anyone else is doing it. So I knew because of the COVID situation that setting a business up in those times wasn't going to be as straightforward as it could have been in different circumstances. So I really tried to manage my own expectations and I kind of thought, do you know what? I'm going to to learn, so I'm going to set the business up I'll start to learn. I'll learn all the things that in my corporate world other people would have done. So marketing, you know, how to set up a website, how to write copy, how to, how to put up things on social media, how to use Canva. So all of those sorts of things I put myself on courses for. And I thought, Do you know, what? even if I set the business up in the May time, I thought even if by Christmas I've maybe picked up one client, but I'm learning, then that's just be kind to yourself. That's what your commitment is. And then in the new year, we'll go for it. And, and we being the royal way, I'll go for it. But I launched the business and then literally I launched it and told everyone, I was like, I'm doing it. I believe in it. I've got myself a little startup loan. I'm going for it. I'm available. And as soon as 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 soon as that happened, we got two clients really, really quickly. And those two clients, I was like, oh, I've got my diary full of all these learning opportunities. And I was going to jump on this webinar and I was going to do this. But I was like, oh, actually, I'll nurture these relationships See what happens. The momentum started. And then in the new year, clicked into a new year, and we won the Couplins, the bakery account, um, which was just a change. So, literally went from writing, I wrote a strategy for a business before Couplins. I recruited a couple of roles for a business that was grown in the Northeast, which is fabulous. And then in the new year, it was like, boom, we've now got a really big business who is looking to change the way that they recruit. I want you to come in and do some strategic advice as well as recruit key positions. Can you come in and do it? And I just thought, wow, this business is really already, even in the circumstances, there's a need for it and there's some really good businesses who are interested in the concept. So, like I say, I kind of did it myself, kept going, got the financial resilience in the business, won a few more contracts, the clients kept coming in, the conversations were being had, I was having some great conversations with ambassadors who were then like, this is a great model, I'm going to go talk to people about it, and they were referring people in. It was it got really quite exciting. And then it got kind of into the summer months. And I was like, I can't do this alone. I need to start recruiting now. And I think I've I've got a good foundation. It's a responsible thing to do. Let's start recruiting. So from that kind of summer around the kitchen table, I brought in two or three team members. And then by the February, one of my team members was like, we need an office. Get me out of these four walls. I don't want to work in, in the house anymore. Can you get us sorted? And I was like, absolutely got us an office, we went into our first office and then not even a year later, we had to upgrade and we're now into some new offices because we've got a bigger team and our plan has grown even further. Yeah, and you've got
1: some really ambitious growth plans. Um, so tell us how you
2: have scaled up since then. Yeah, so, so since, since we set the business up, so kind of, if we kind of think about going into our first office, we were probably about a year and a half old and then obviously going into our new business the turn of this year which just takes us to two and a half year um old um we we kind of knew that we wanted to we wanted to have a strategy I was really in the first we talked about strategy a lot when I first set the business up but I didn't really know until i'd spoken to people who had set businesses up you know been in the right forums learned some things about building a business that then gave me the the confidence and the and the the ability to start writing a strategic plan. So before Christmas this year, I wrote a five-year plan based on the fact that we'd had two solid years of running the business. We had a solid team in. I was recruiting great people. The clients that we had in were retained clients and it was all going really, really well. So we set up a five-year plan before Christmas and the plan is for the next five years for talent heads to triple. So in, in regards to turnover. Um, so we know how many heads we need to be able to do that. We know how many clients we need to do that. We know... Um, what the kind of how much each client needs to be paying to get us to that to that point so we've got that all all ready and the team we talk about it on a weekly basis on a monthly basis on a quarterly basis and we're all going for that one goal of let's triple this business by the time we're another five years old
1: and it's great to have that direction especially how you've grown since 2020 when you started the business did you ever believe it could have grown so quickly
2: no no, I don't. I, I do. You know, I've always, I've always been ambitious. I've always been a you know, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it properly. I've never been a half-measured type of person, never. a frustrates the life out of my husband. Like, if I say, Oh, well, we'll do this, and he's like, But you won't just do this, so will you, Sam? You'll just do it, but you'll want it done, like properly done, which usually has an, imp- an implication or a to-do list for him. So he, he, he's like, I know, you're all in or not at all. Um. So I think. If the circumstances with COVID hadn't been when I'd set the business up, I think I probably would have been still as ambitious as I'd been previously. But because I had set it up in a COVID situation, I was like, you just have to be kind to yourself. Like I was really keen not to push myself again about controlling the controllables. I didn't want to kind of set my standards. There was lots of people I was talking to um, who had set up businesses around the same time, and they were talking about exit strategies. They were talking about lots of different things with me, and I remember being on one call in particular with two female entrepreneurs, and they were like, "What's your exit strategy, Sam?" And I was like, "I've only had this business for a year. I was like, I I don't think I've got an exit strategy. I don't think I've got a proper strategy yet. So I think I was I was quite for me I was I was I was quite. Um, reluctant in the first stage to to be as ambitious as I wanted to be. And I think then when things started to move again, I think then getting the clients in bit by bit and the, re, the referrals and the recommendations and the organic growth, then I was kind of like, that's probably why I was with this whole, the whole strategy thing of actually, do you know what? Yes, we can do this. All the other stuff's being left behind, all the baggage of the investor's relationship when that went to pot, all that's now... That's all been gone. We're, we're pushing forward um, and the ambition has probably come back now, knowing that that it's, I've kind of learned that the perimeters around you don't need to hold you back. You can you can you can still move forward, even though there's going to be lots of different challenges trying to hit a business at the same time.
1: Yeah, and I guess it's about navigating those uh, changes as well. And there's no doubt that the world of work is changing, particularly post-COVID, how people work, where they work and the co-working relationships that they have. What changes have you noticed and how have you managed that change?
2: Um, as a business owner, I think it's important to now be aware that people, I've, I've always been like this, but people, are, people now want to identify themselves with a business that has the same values as them. I've always been very values-led. I definitely think the older I've got, I'm always really reluctant to use the word older and and younger, being in the recruitment profession, but I'm talking about myself. So the older I've got, I definitely feel that my values have become more important to me. And I've definitely found working in the recruitment area that actually Since COVID, employees and team members want to work with a business who have got the same values as them so that they can then identify with something that's greater than just, again, going and taking a paycheck. So I think as an employer, as a business owner, you've got to be really aware of that. So it's, it's all well and good me having my set of values, but actually what are the values that I'm going to... Group get this group of people together and want to, to triple the size of the business in five years you know what is it that we stand for what is our purpose what is what's the reason why you're going to come to work and leave your family or your elderly parents that you've had an opportunity to, to, to look after in the COVID situation why would you then want to come and work for my business so what is the pull so I think it's for all of us business owners since COVID it's all been about right We need to look at individuals now, not collectives. We need to talk about values. We need to talk about things that are going to motivate them. We need to keep our fingers on the pulse and our ears open around what is going to inspire and motivate individuals, which was very different to what it was before COVID, 100%. Yeah, and
1: there's a lot of challenges that came out of COVID, and I suppose that feeling of resilience would have been built up in you with everything that you've had to deal with so how have you used that resilience within your business going forward do
2: you know I think it's a real it's a real tough one because I think when you're in your own head as an entrepreneur you look at yourself very differently to how other people see you so I used to think that I wasn't very risky I used to think I wasn't I wasn't I didn't like taking risks and I would openly say that and then people would be like, you're a business owner. You set up a business in COVID. Of course you take risks. And I'm kind of like, oh, yeah. So what's in your head is very different to what actually people do look at you and go, my God, I, I wouldn't take that risk. That's a huge risk. And I suppose it's the same with resilience. So I look in the mirror every morning when I'm doing my hair and I'm kind of like, right, come on, today. The day, today is the day. What are we got to do? What's the priority? I'm gonna walk into that office, and I'm gonna be like, yes, come on, let's do it. But actually, my head's going, oh what do you think, what's what's happening, what about this, and all of these little demons, what, there's like a chimp, there's one book that talks about a chimp on your shoulder, There's people, they're all kind of going, but what about that, what happens if you get a bit of negative feedback, what happens if imposter syndrome comes in, you start questioning yourself, so I think you kind of, I think as a business owner you have to be resilient, or you will crumble, and I don't get me wrong, I do think there is times where you do feel like you might crumble, because you are given absolutely everything to it, But then it goes back to what you said about, you know, how do you make sure that you're healthy? So, you know, trying to step away by going to the gym or reading business books or putting yourself on a course or doing something like that then dissociates you a little bit with all the little annoying things that you want to control that are really important to you but actually aren't really important in the big scheme, the grand scheme. It helps with your resilience that way. It's about trying to almost it's like, what did they say? It's like you can't win every battle. You've got to win the war. You've got to give yourself some space to be able to process things and that's by looking after yourself. So the resilience piece is definitely about the well-being of you as a leader.
1: Yeah, and that's a great
2: point, Sam. Um,
1: one thing I do want to ask you is that, you know, as a leader, you're responsible for a team of people and they'll look at you for motivation and inspiration in their work. But as a business owner... Where do you get your motivation, and who are you inspired by
2: Oh, I love that you know my my motivation do you know, i i genuinely and this sounds a little bit soft, but i don't feel i don't compete with people i don't i went I went on a course a little while ago and um, and we talked about imposter syndrome and how sometimes people will compare themselves to others. Um, and that will either spur them on or it will stop them. For me, I don't compare myself to others. I don't know what that is. I don't know whether that's because I really feel like we offer something different to the market. So I'm not looking at a competitor and going, oh, that looks like a good social media post. I wish we'd thought about that. Or I don't I don't I don't feel like that. So I suppose. What inspires me when I go into rooms with other business owners and there's like, so for example, the scale-up academy that I'm on at the moment, there's 12 other business owners. That makes me proud that I'm sitting at that table with those people. And that sense of pride does spur me on. If I go to a workshop and I'm sitting in a room full of 20 people and as everyone walks in and they shake hands and they go, I'm the MD of this business and I do this. I look around and I think, my goodness, I'm in this room with these people. I could learn so much. That inspires me, um, and again, I suppose it's about again surrounding yourself with people who have got different skill sets and different knowledge. That does give you a little bit like it gives you a reality check of I don't know everything, so it makes you then think actually I'll take a bit of this and I'll take a bit of that. So the inspiration probably comes by again being out there and being seen and and mingling with the with, in the right networks and being available and being present in the in the right networks um but I would also say as well what inspires me is again it does sound soft is um it's the family element the fact that I can make a difference you know if we grow this business the way that we want to grow it the impact that will have on my children's futures on the way that they've seen that you work hard for something you know all of that sort of stuff I think that will that motivation of being a good role model is is actually something that is really super important to me. It gets me out of the bed in the morning and makes me go right today. I'm going to lead. I'm going to lead my family. I'm going to lead my team. I'm going to lead my industry. I'm going to. It just makes me. I want to. I want to do something with my life. Oh my goodness, I feel like I need a glass of wine now, Kate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, if it wasn't the morning time, Sam, I could have arranged it. <laughs> anyway, so I want to pick up on the fact that you mentioned about leaving a legacy behind. And as a business owner, especially in the recruitment space, you are leaving your own stamp in that industry. How proud does it make you feel that you can leave that legacy behind?
2: Super proud, to the point where one of the things I had to do before we set our strategy, our five-year strategy, I I needed to make sure that nothing that we did was around my ego. So that legacy part for me is around having money in the bank that then can help buy my kids first houses help my grandkids down down the line you know it's about the security that it could produce to be able to help me facilitate the generations to come in my family what it isn't is having talent heads offices in London and Edinburgh and Glasgow and all those places just so that I can see my name out there and so that I can see so I had to go through a real really um Almost like a bit of a finding yourself experience to think, right? Why why do I want to triple this business? What is the point in doing that? What is the purpose of doing it? And remove the ego side of it so you don't get carried away with the what building a business could be. You know, for me, it, it's quite it's quite simple. I just wanna I want to work hard and I want to have a good life out the back of it. I want to make a difference on other people's businesses and I want to build a business. That I can look back and go, I was part of that. And I loved every second of it, even though it was very, very challenging. So I think it's it's the legacy bit can be sometimes really confused with ego, and I think that's really important to be aware of that when you're setting up a business. It's like, why do you want an office in London when you can Teams and you can you can go down to London on the train, no problem at all? Why do you need to have an office in London? Is that because that is your legacy? Is do you need that, or is that your ego talking? So it's um I had to do a bit of a I had to do a real bit like kind of Personal, what is it that we're trying to achieve, and what's the reasons we're trying to do that, and actually does that help the business, or does that make me feel good, and 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 make some decisions and build a strategy based on that?
1: Yeah, and one question I've got for you, Sam, is a lot of business owners always think that to grow they have to move down south, they have to move into the capital um, to kind of make their mark there. As a business owner in the northeast who's really got their roots in the northeast. What does it mean to you to have your
2: business here? Being in the North East does not stop us. So being in the North East, we, we won a big contract with one of the former dragons from the Dragon's Den. He's based in London. We're based up in Morbeth and Northumberland. But we go down there two days a week and we support him. And he chose us, a North East business, over any other business because of our purpose, our mission, our values, and our people. So basically, that doesn't stop us from mingling in the right crowds, providing the services to the big clients. We've got clients that work in Singapore. We've got them in Australia. We've got them in Portugal. We've got them in the USA. And we do that from Northumberland. um, And we can do that from Northumberland um, because of the digital presence now. COVID, actually, that's one of the only good things about COVID. It did open our eyes up to the fact that we did not need to physically be there all of the time. Um, but however, saying that, our model is very much around the way that we work with our businesses because we work as their internal recruitment team. We do want to be in with the businesses. So that's just being very conscious around, like the London example, we go down two days a week, we sit in with that business, we understand their cul- their culture, we understand their people, we understand their hiring manager, so we can recruit effectively for them as their internal recruitment team. Um, but being based in the Northeast. When I went to university, I was known as Geordie Sam. And I was really proud to be Geordie Sam. I was I was on the hockey team and they used to shout Geordie Sam to me. And I was and I'm proud to be from the Northeast. I've never tried to change my accent. When we go down to London and we pitch for business, we go down there and I say we will always have a headquarters in Northumberland. That's where my family are, that's where my ladies and my team are, and that's where their families are too. And we're, we're proud of we're proud to be part of that local community as well as the communities that we recruit across the UK and across internationally as well.
1: Yeah and that Geordie pride is quite strong isn't it especially when you're from the northeast and it's great to hear that you're sticking to your roots.
2: Oh yeah I get it goes back to being authentic. I honestly don't think that you can go out there and be different if you try to be the same as everyone else. I think if you go out there and you talk about your quirks and you're a bit more vulnerable and you and you're honest, it just gets that relationship back. And it makes solid longer term relationships that are built on a little bit of quirkiness. I think a little bit of quirkiness is there's nothing wrong with that. It just makes you stand out. We're not suits. We're not posh watches. We're not don't drive around in brilliant cars. It's, It's not about that. It's about it's about building something for the future
1: yeah and it's great to hear that you have a focus on building those personal relationships as well well before we go sam i have one final question for you our podcast is all about celebrating and supporting small businesses in line with our help to grow management program i would love to know what being a small business owner means to you and why small business matters
2: oh small business matters the the second question first that Small business matters because that's where the innovation comes from. I think us with small businesses, we're agile, we're light, we are learners, we are, people who are coming up with something fresh and new that can then also help bigger businesses. So I think small businesses matter hugely because actually they're the ones on the cold face. They're the ones that are, are, are ambitious and motivated and moving things forward. Um being a small business owner for me is I'm super proud of that I know what it feels like when you recruit your first team member and how precious that moment is and how scary it is I know how scary it is when you have to pay your payroll and then you look at your pipeline you're like oh my goodness can this all work how do I get it to work all that sort of stuff being a small business owner is something that I am so so proud of and I don't want to be a big business owner i don't want to lose the culture i don't want to lose the difference of you know who my people are i don't want to have a chain across the whole of the uk i want us to be adding something that's different bespoke agile creative innovative disruptive and i think smaller businesses are able to to do that a lot more on on the day-to-day as well as strategically I'm really, I'm really proud to be a small business owner. I think I can be seen then. I think I'm not sitting in an ivory tower. I'm not hidden away. I get the calls from the clients myself. I speak to candidates who are looking for roles myself. I speak to my apprentices. I speak to my senior leaders. For me, there's, 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 no, yeah, there's no ivory tower. There's no hiding away. This is true. It's from the heart. And we're all working together to be able to make sure this business works. Yeah. And it's
1: nice that you have that small business culture in the vision of your business. And when we talk about authenticity, you bring in that through all of the different threads of the business. And that's absolutely evident in everything that you're doing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I just yeah, I think your culture does need to change when you're talking about hundreds of people. And thousands of people, and and I always I always when we recruit for in for the businesses we talk about what's your USP, and I think for me what people are looking for is to not be a cog in a big wheel. They want to make a difference. They've had an opportunity through COVID where, you know, one of them might have lost their job in an in unusual kind of nuclear family. One might have lost a job. One might have been put on furlough, and people have really started to think, you know, actually, what am I doing? Why am I on this hamster wheel of just taking this paycheck every single month? And I just think being in a small business, that people have got a bigger impact to make a difference. Their role is felt. They they bring a contribution. You know, I've had someone off poorly for a couple of weeks now, and I miss her dreadfully. I miss her. I miss seeing her face. I miss talking to her. And I miss the fact that she can't contribute to the delivery that we've got to clients that I know she can make a massive impact on. So those sorts of things for me as a small business owner, that's important. I want that connection. I think that's a USP. I I think it's important for humans to have connection. And finally, Sam, I'm going to put you on the spot here and
1: ask you to share your top three pieces of advice for budding entrepreneurs. Ooh,
2: three bits of advice. Right, let me think. First bit of advice is, if you believe in it, do it. Don't wait. You only get one chance, you get one life. And, you know, if it doesn't work, you know... You can try again. Honestly, please do not let anything hold you back. If there's a product and a service and there's a gap there, go for the gap. Absolutely do it. So I would say first part of advice is just do it, bite the bullet, go for it. Secondly, which is a bit personal advice, I would say if you can do it yourself, do it yourself. You know, don't feel like if you're an entrepreneur, don't get yourself hemmed in too soon with other people who have got their way of influencing you and wanting to do something different that might be a different intention or different purpose to you. So I would just say, just take your time when you go out the blocks, when you go out yourself and just make sure that you're building a business that you can see the long term before you start inviting some people in there to share their expertise as well. Because if it's your business, own it, I would definitely say. Um, And the third bit of advice I'd be, yeah, don't ever think, that you know everything, because that will really make your head overwork unnecessarily. You know, give yourself an opportunity to learn. You will get your business to different stages. And as you get to different stages, you need different skill sets. You need fresh thinking. You need to be innovative. You need to be on your best foot. So just make sure that you're Looking at where you, which room you need to be in, you know which course you need to be on. Invest in yourself, invest in your well-being, so that you can, so you never stop that learning, so you're ready for that next stage because your business will take off at whatever rate. You need to be prepared for those different stages.
1: Oh, awesome. Sam. Thanks so much for being part of our podcast today and sharing your advice. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I think we could have talked for hours. Oh, we
2: absolutely could have. Thank you so much for having me, Kate. I've really enjoyed it.
1: Thanks again to Sam Spurs, Founder and Talent and Acquisitions Director at Talent Heads. If you've enjoyed today's episode, there are a range of previous episodes including the floundering founder, Raman Segal, Founder and Global President of Ram Marketing. Or you could listen to Joe Marshall and Stuart Wilkinson where they discuss boosting business performance through university collaborations. If you'd like to know more about how we can help grow your business through our Help to Grow Management programme, head to northumbria.ac.uk slash help to grow.